Hi, I'm John Visglosky, and this is Not So True Crime. On today's show, we're going to be presenting our very first Origins episode. If you listen to the introduction for this podcast, uh, you'll know that each original story presented on this show is going to be accompanied by a brief companion episode that'll go into a little bit of detail about how that show was written, what exactly inspired the initial idea, and the process of turning that idea into a finished episode. Basically, these origin episodes are going to be a lot shorter and more informal than the narrative ones, Uh, more of a discussion of the creative process and everything that goes into the making of a podcast. Now, some people might be wondering, well, why make these origin episodes? Why not just publish the stories and nothing else? And the reason is really twofold. First, I I think there are probably a lot of writers out there who are, like me, just as interested in reading new stories as they are in hearing about how those stories were written. I know that I personally love reading short story collections where each story is accompanied by a little blurb by the writer, just describing the inspiration for the story, how they wrote it, and just really how it came to be. So that's basically what these episodes are, just in, in podcast form. The second reason to do these episodes is because I think there are a lot of people out there who may be interested in starting a podcast, and if they're anything like me, they're going into it not knowing a lot about precisely how to do that. So hopefully they'll be able to listen to these episodes and learn from my mistakes and really just save themselves a a whole lot of trouble. So If you're one of those people who's not interested in what goes into writing a story, or you're not starting a podcast and you don't need to know how that works, you can just skip these origin episodes and listen to the stories. We're going to have another one up in a week on Friday, September 7th called First Semester. So keep an eye out for that. For the rest of you who are writers or podcasters, or who just want to hear how hard it is to write a story and turn it into a podcast because you like hearing me suffer, then keep listening because I think you're going to enjoy these origin episodes. So intro out of the way, let's get to the meat of today's show. This particular Origins episode is about our first story on the podcast called The Session. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, stop right now, go listen to it, then come back to this one. I I think it goes without saying that all of these Origin episodes will be discussing spoilers, so if you don't want the end of that story to be ruined for you, please listen to it first. For those of you who have already listened to it, You'll know that it's a story about a girl named Rebecca, who turns out to not really be named Rebecca, who goes to visit a new psychiatrist for the first time and ends up having a very, uh, let's say, illuminating session. Whenever I get an idea for a new story, it always comes to me in one of two ways. The first way is probably the most common, where I get a tiny kernel of an idea that I then have to think about for a while and tease it out in my mind before I can turn it into some kind of written outline. Then what I'll do is revise that outline and turn that eventually into a written story. The other way I get ideas, which is a lot more rare, is that a story will just sort of leap into your head fully formed 
ready to be written. It doesn't happen all that often, but when it does, it's, it's really great because it's so much less time and stress to then get the story onto the page. In this case, this was really an idea that came to me fully grown and ready to go. I was literally standing in the shower thinking to myself, okay, well, what would be a cool idea for a new story? And Rebecca just sort of walked into my mind and she was already sitting there in that waiting room of the psychiatrist's office, ready to go. Normally, what I do after I get an idea is I'll write an outline just so I can figure out all the characters and the plot and make sure that everything makes perfect sense before I start writing anything. But because the initial idea was already pretty polished and pretty complete, I thought about it for about a week and then I just sat down and started writing without actually doing an outline first. A lot of my writer friends out there know that it can be very hard to uh, sit down and write. You, you really have to force yourself to do it, otherwise it'll just never happen. I mean, if I only wrote on the days when I really, really felt like writing, I would literally write maybe two or three days a year. The rest of the time, I, I kind of don't want to do it. So it's purely a matter of self-discipline. It's just grabbing yourself by the collar and just saying, hey, I know you don't really want to do this today, but you are going to sit down and you're not going to get up until you have 500 words on that page. From the time I sat down to start writing the story to the time I finished, it took me about a week. I, I think I wrote for four or five separate days, and by the end of that, I had a completed first draft. Some people write really clean first drafts that are really polished and, and don't need a lot of revision. I remember I read an article about uh, Noah Hawley, who's created two fantastic TV shows, Legion and Fargo, where he said that he pretty much only wrote a single draft and that his first draft was often pretty close to the final version of his scripts. I think Kurt Vonnegut was kind of the same way where the published version of his stories and books was more or less the same as his first drafts. Now, you've probably already guessed, but I am not at all that way. I tend to overwrite everything and make everything much longer than it has to be, so my first drafts tend to be very, very flabby. By the end, I'll usually end up cutting out anywhere from 25 to 40% of my initial draft, so that's a lot of wasted words. Most of the time, it's just an excess of things because you'll get new ideas as you're writing, and it's like, oh, oh, that'll be cool, I'll put that in there. And it's only when you step back and read it as a whole that you realize how much that stuff just drags and, and slows everything down. I have what I like to call the George R.R. Martin disorder, where I include way too much description of the characters and scenery in my first drafts. Like, I, I think in my first draft of the session, my description of Nathan's office was about three times as long as it ended up being. So for me, the process of revision is mainly just cutting things out and trying to expose the real meat of the story and getting rid of all that unnecessary fat that's in there. I think this is something that's particularly important when you're talking about short fiction. One of my all-time favorite writers is George Saunders, who primarily writes short stories. And if you want to learn how to not waste a single word, just please read one of his stories. Someone else who's really, really good at this is a wonderful writer named Carmen Maria Machado. She just wrote a collection last year called Her Body and Other Parties, and it is 
I mean, it's an absolute masterclass in how to pare narratives down to their essence and just get straight to the point. If you haven't read it, you should really go out and get a copy and you'll see what I mean right away. In the case of this session, I initially had a lot more explanation about how Rebecca found Nathan and how she had kind of covered her tracks. Originally, there was this whole thing about how she called his office using a burner phone so the cops wouldn't be able to trace it. And she's just going through this whole long, you know, gone girl explanation of how she's committed the perfect crime and really obscured her tracks while he's just laying there on, on the floor dying. And it has kind of this comical effect. And, and as I was reading it back, I just realized it was fucking boring. And then it was really detracting from the emotional core of the story, which is that she is this kind of avenging angel, you know, getting her revenge on this really despicable person who has harmed her and her family so deeply. You know, it, it's important to figure out your plot. It's important for your plot to make sense. But the core of your story always has to be the emotion. You can't let the details of the plot override the emotional aspect of this journey. Plot is incredibly important only until it interferes with emotion, and then it immediately becomes secondary. The reader is not going to care that you bothered to explain everything perfectly if they don't get an emotional impact, if the story doesn't make them feel something. I also don't think there's anything wrong with having a little ambiguity and leaving some things unexplained. I didn't want the listener to walk away knowing how much of Rebecca's story was actually true. I kind of wanted that to be a little unclear because it's more interesting to me that way. I think we can be fairly certain that she did have a sister named Lacey who was an addict and a patient of Nathan's, but I think it's ambiguous as to whether or not all that stuff about Rebecca herself becoming an addict is actually true. Is she someone who has struggled with substance abuse, or is that just a story she tells Nathan to buy time while she waits for the Demerol to kick in? Is this someone who actually uses narcotics, or did she just go running a lot so she would get really thin and look more like an addict? In my mind, uh, giving an answer to those questions is less interesting than leaving them open-ended. I tend to over-explain a lot in my first drafts, so as I'm revising, I go back in and I rip a lot of that explanation out because you kind of realize that the story actually works better without it. In addition to cutting out all that extra detail, I also changed the ending of this story. Originally, the session ended with it being revealed to the reader, but not to Rebecca, that because he was a creepy perv, Nathan was recording the session using the camera on his computer and he had all these files of videos of his former female patients. The implication being that when the cops find his body, they will also presumably find the video and have an image of Rebecca's face and basically what amounts to a full confession. But one of the first things I did when I went back and read through it was to take that ending out. The first reason was because it didn't really fit with the characters. If Rebecca is the sort of person who's been planning this for a very long time and who's taken all these steps to make sure she doesn't get caught, then it's kind of hard to believe that she wouldn't just, you know, walk over to the computer as she was wiping down the office and find out that it had been recording her. So it didn't make sense that she would have missed something like that, something so basic. It also would have undercut the main theme of the story to have it end 
in that way. This is a story about a man in a position of power who abuses that power to take advantage of his female patients. And by having her caught on tape, it felt like I was allowing him to win in the end, even if he does still end up dead. It felt more like a validation of his pattern of abuse when really what the ending had to be was him getting his comeuppance at the hands of one of the people he had hurt. It just felt very out of place with everything that had come before it. So one thing that I think is good to remember when writing anything is to realize that nothing you write is sacred. Nothing is so important that it cannot be cut out or eventually revised. It can be tough for me to cut things out because I can remember how hard it was for me to write them and cutting them out makes that effort feel like wasted work. But I just have to remind myself that just because something was hard to create doesn't mean it's actually good. So after I did three or four rounds of revisions, I had a final draft of the story and I was ready to turn it into a podcast. Now, I was pretty stupid so I thought that would be a fairly simple task. But it turns out that this podcast thing is kind of very difficult. Uh, the first problem is you have to get a lot of equipment. I, I basically had none of what I needed. I had to get a mic and a mic stand and a pop filter to cut out those hard peas that slip out of all of our mouths. And uh, I had to get a pair of headphones and cables, not to mention like, audio mixing software for my computer, just so I could edit each episode and combine all the different elements. I then also had to figure out a good site for hosting my podcast. It turns out you can't just post things directly on Apple. You have to first upload them to a separate site like SoundCloud or Blueberry, which then gives you something called an RSS feed. You then link your RSS feed, which is unique to your podcast, and submit it to Apple, and they get back to you within a day or two, letting you know whether or not your podcast has been approved. So if you're someone like me and you're not really technically skilled at all in any way, all of this stuff is really hard to learn how to do. It, it takes a lot of time and a lot of effort before you really start to get a feel for it. So I have to say, having now gone through this whole process, for anyone out there who's thinking about starting a podcast sometime in the future, first of all, you should definitely do it. It is very fun and it's, it's super rewarding. But secondly, I would also take some time, maybe a few months, to gather together the equipment you need and really figure out how to do it before you start putting your episodes out there. There are plenty of articles on the internet that are incredibly helpful, but it takes time to work through them and, and figure out what the hell you gotta do. I know it can be hard to delay, it certainly was for me, just because it feels like you're wasting time and you're just kind of treading water, not really doing anything. But you're really not. If you are careful and do a lot of research beforehand, then making an actual podcast and releasing episodes regularly will be so much simpler. Really, I think the best thing is to make five or six complete episodes and have those finished and in the can and ready to go before you ever even announce a launch date for your show. That way, even if you're releasing one episode a week, which is really, it, it, that's a punishing schedule. It really is. That still gives you like five or six weeks to get going and make future episodes because you already have those five or six in the can and they're ready to release. 
it's frustrating, but it is definitely worth it. It gives you time to work out all the kinks in an environment that is pressure-free because you're not staring down the barrel of any kind of deadline. You know, there's no pressure for you to release an episode every 7 to 14 days. So that's really it for this first origin episode of Not So True Crime. If you liked hearing about my writing process and the way writing works for me, we're gonna be releasing one of these behind the scenes shows along with every original story that is featured on this show. If you like the podcast in general and wanna help other people find it, you can leave us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. Those are really, really helpful just because the more ratings we get, the higher we appear in search results when people are looking for new podcasts to listen to. You can also email us at notsotruecrime at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at either notsotruecrime or jvisklosky. As I said before, our next original story will be released on Friday, September 7th. It's called First Semester, and it's about a young girl with a very troubled home life who is about to leave for her very first year of college. It's dark, and it's got parts that are hopefully really thrilling, and other parts that are hopefully a little scary, and as with all the stories on this show, I hope more than anything else that it just makes you feel something. So until then, I'm John Visglaski. Thanks for listening.